Please pray with me. Lord God, thank you for this opportunity to worship you together today. We pray that you would unite us, Lord, as one body, that you would focus our hearts upon you, that your grace would be poured out upon us, Lord, and that you would reveal yourself to us. Lord, we pray that you would place your words in my mouth, that I might faithfully proclaim them, and may your word be implanted in our hearts and in our minds. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Morning! So good to see you all today. Well, I love boxes. Anybody else like boxes? Who doesn't like getting them on their front porch, right? You know, like UPS drops it off and doesn't, don't you get excited? Right? And you just get excited, though, about the box, don't you? You don't even care if anything's in there, right? Isn't that how it works with you? I mean, you would spend whatever, I don't know how much these shoes cost, $29.99 just for this box, wouldn't you? Right? Because it's so rectangular and boxy and shiny and stuff. Right? That's not why you buy things, if it's for the box? Well, then what's this for? Oh, it contain. Oh, so it's just to bring your thing to you. Not actually, this isn't the object of your desire. No, it's not just a box, right? It's just a vehicle by which we get things brought to us or delivered, or they stay nice and clean and packaged, or they can be stacked, right? The box itself, it's kind of means nothing without what's inside of it. Kind of like today, right? Uh, Many of us will go home today. Some of us are already home, it looks like. Um, Preparing preparing to watch a giant building in New Orleans, right? Because we're all huge fans of architecture, right? And so we just want to see this big domed building and, you know, watch. Yeah, Alan is, that's right. We just want to see the, the amazing, you know, concrete structure that's been erected there, and that's, that's why we're going to watch, right? No, we're going to watch that big building because what's going on in it? The Super Bowl! That's right! It's about the teams that are playing in there and about this competition that's going to take place, and hopefully it'll be a great game, but it has very little to do with the building itself, right? It has to do with what's happening inside of it. I think that same thing is happening in our Old Testament reading for today. I've kind of been on an Old Testament kick for, I don't know, 20 years. Um, And um, so in our Old Testament passage, we have the call of Jeremiah. Jeremiah, he was the son of a priest and eventually became a priest himself. He's growing up, but he's still dependent on his parents, and so he identifies himself as a child. Then God's word comes to him, and God says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. So when did God know Jeremiah? Before he was born, right? In his pre-womal state, we'll call it. God knew Jeremiah. He knew him before his parents. He was even a twinkle in his dad's eye, right? Isn't that the expression? Right? God knew him before that point. God knew him fully. It wasn't like, I was just getting to know you then, Jeremiah. It says, I knew you. According to this quote, the beginning of the call of Jeremiah occurred in this pre-womal state. Before he was even formed in his mother's womb, God's plan for him was known, and he was known to God. You think Jeremiah had it all figured out at that point? No, not at all, right? Jeremiah was 
pre-born. It didn't, like, there was nothing that occurred to him, I don't think, at that point. But over time, God revealed that plan to him that he'd had since he was, since before he was in his mother's womb. We see here in this passage from Jeremiah that God is intimately involved in our lives even before we're born. Isn't that special? Isn't that remarkable how much the creator of the universe and the author of life knows you and me? Before even anyone else in the world cares for us, he cares for us and knows us fully. That's just beautiful. God knew what Jeremiah's future would look like and where he would take him in his life and his ministry. This shows us that the Lord cares about us more than we know how to care about ourselves or others because he has known us since before we were even formed, and he himself formed us. We also see God's concern for Jeremiah's fear. So not only is God concerned in who Jeremiah is, but he's concerned that Jeremiah is afraid. You see, Jeremiah is worried that he's only a boy, and since he's only a boy, what do you think, what's he think is going to happen? Who's going to listen to him? No one, right? Because typically uh, kids don't have a big national presence, do they? Right? It's not like they have like a news hour with, you know, this kid down the street. No, it's, it's we wait until people prove themselves before we give them an audience. But Jeremiah was going to be sent by God out as a little boy, and he was worried that no one was going to listen to him. And God addresses this fear directly. He says, Do not say I am only a boy, for you shall go to all to whom I send you, and you shall speak whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Now I have put my words in your mouth. God, in, this, um, in these verses, fills Jeremiah's mouth with his words. That's what Jeremiah needs, isn't it? Because what is he going to give to the people? God's words, right? And so how does he need to get them? He needs to get them somehow, right? He needs to acquire these words. And God puts them directly in Jeremiah's mouth. So Jeremiah can speak the word of God to the people God has commanded him to speak to. This is exactly what Jeremiah needs. This filling of Jeremiah with the words of God transforms him so that he can carry out God's plan among his people. But Jeremiah is merely a vessel. Notice the word it fills. He fills. I have put my words in your mouth. That is, it's like you're putting something into something else. Jeremiah is that vessel that the words of God have filled up now. God cares for his vessel, as we discussed earlier, right? His care and concern for Jeremiah. But the word of God that was in Jeremiah had the power to transform the world. And God cared that his message was given to his people. And he was even willing to use a young man to carry it out. God cared about his message getting to his people. And he had it all figured out. He wasn't worried about the abilities of Jeremiah or his age. Because God was going to put his message into Jeremiah. And that would make Jeremiah great. Through the implanting of his word into this man, God transformed an ordinary life into an extraordinary one. Before Jeremiah had the word of God in him, he was just another young guy looking for people to listen to him, looking for a message to share. But once that word of God had been implanted in him, 
He became the prophet, the one who was speaking the words of God to God's people. And that was a radical transformation that took place in Jeremiah's life. And it didn't happen because Jeremiah deserved it or earned it or worked for it or had proven himself because he had, he'd only had a few years of life at this point. It was because God chose him and chose to use him as the vessel through whom he would proclaim his message to the people. And the message that was given to Jeremiah is that God said, Today I appoint you over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to pull down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. Jeremiah was going to preach against sin. He was going to give God's message of judgment for sin. And ultimately he was going to preach of the hope and renewal that God offers us in his grace. That would, be the content, that would be the entire scope of Jeremiah's message. And it was a complete proclamation of the good news. Because it had both our need for God's grace and God's grace melt, uh, wrapped up inside of it. In our world, we care a lot about, it, about outward appearance, don't we? Right? There's industries that are large industries that are based on outward appearance, aren't there? Yeah, because we all feel like we need to make sure our outward appearance looks good, right? We have first impressions, and those are important, aren't they? What do they say about first impressions? They're lasting, that's right. So you better do it right, right? First impressions are important. We care about how we're perceived, what we look like. Um, We care about the outside. We care about the box, right? That's important for us. You notice, I mean, so does this marketer, right? What does it say on it? Avia. Why does it say Avia on it? Why doesn't it just have just a blank box? It's advertising, advertising, right? They want to put something out there. They want you to see that, and they've got this cool little, like, on the eye, they've got this, like, arrow, because it's like it's going somewhere, right? They want to gussy up that box and make it special so you'll buy their snazzy shoes. Right? We do the same thing in our lives as well. We care about the box. We care about the outside. And so we do a lot to make it look like we want it to look. But does God just look at the outside? No. What, is it, what does the Bible say God looks at? The inside. The inside. The heart. So man looks at the outside, but God looks at the heart. He looks at our heart And he wants to transform our ordinary lives into extraordinary ones through his message of hope. That message is grounded in an understanding of sin that God gives us in his Bible, an acceptance that judgment is the natural consequence for sin, and ultimately that sin and judgment are conquered through the blood of Jesus Christ, which was shed for us upon the cross. That's what God wants to place inside of us, is this message of hope. And when that message of hope is inside of us, that gospel of grace transforms us from the inside out. And it no longer matters what we look like on the outside, because what's inside the box is so valuable that the outside doesn't matter at all. He transforms our ordinary lives into extraordinary ones through the indwelling of his Holy Spirit, which he places in us. And this is good news, right? This is good news because many of us feel inadequate on the outside or on the inside, don't we? 
I don't think many of us woke up this morning, looked in the mirror and said, Woo! Man, I am looking good. I think I'll just leave it as is today. Right? As is. Um, I really don't want to... Anything I do will just be hurting it. Right? Or we woke up with this feeling in our heart saying, I am so thankful for every moment of my life because I have lived them in perfection. Right? There's nothing I regret, nothing I've said or thought or done that I would do any differently because it has all been done perfectly into completion. Right? None of us did that, did we? And that means all of us have an inadequacy. We all have this flat spot in us or on us that we're like, ah, I wish something was a little different. But through the hope of Christ... God can redeem us and transform us. And when we're transformed by God, that brokenness, those things in our life which we regret and we look back on and wish were different, or the way we look, whatever it happens to be, all pales in comparison. Because what is inside of us is so radically beautiful and wonderful and valuable that the entire package is transformed just because he is dwelling inside of us. That's our hope in Christ. And it transcends anything that this world can offer us. And so today, may we hear the words of Jeremiah. May we know that the God who has redeemed us is the one who has known us since before we were even in our mother's womb. And may we accept his grace and his mercy and the comfort that comes by being transformed by our Lord Jesus Christ, who promised in this passage from Jeremiah, I am with you to deliver you. And indeed he is. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you that you take us ordinary boxes, Lord, and you fill us full of your precious contents. Lord, you fill us up with yourself. Thank you, Lord, that you sacrificed everything for us so that we could be in a perfect relationship with you. Help us, Lord, to confess our brokenness, to understand, Lord, that judgment is what we deserve, but you have offered us grace in exchange for our brokenness, Lord God. And help us to walk in mercy and to love those people who you bring before us, May we share the good news that you have given us with them, Lord, so that they might know and love and serve you as well. And we pray that your peace would be upon us as we leave this place. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.